Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling, award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you, because Reed is definitely his own man, with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy, listeners. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Talking to you coast to coast, Gulf to Canada, and around the globe. Lots to cover today. The drumbeat (laughs) gets ever faster of news and nonsense headed our way. So, we are going to talk about, because I think it's very apropos with the passage of the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which actually ought to be called the Inflation Ignition Act and the Tax Up Your Butt Act. How's that? So we're going to talk about the history of taxation in the United States. That's going to be your history story for today. (laughs) You'll find it eye-opening. You have no idea what they've done to you over the last 150 years, but you will. And then we're going to talk a little bit about that raid at Mar-a-Lago, which the media has now been told by the government to call a search warrant exercise, you know, because raid doesn't sound good. Yes, a little bit more collusion. What else do you expect? And then we're going to talk a little bit about gun control. Because, you know, they went after us with their initial gun control act. Now they're, of course, trying more. And uh, now they're going after the manufacturers, as they said they would. So very interesting Smith & Wesson CEO response to that, which I think you'll find fascinating. And then we're going to have, and I mean a huge, not just a big, not just a large, not just an expansive, but a huge rat-a-tat-tat because there's so much to cover that uh, it's almost a lost cause. But... You'll find each and every one of those over a wide array of topics and a wide array of locations more than fascinating. And, of course, virtually none of them are being brought to you by any other media source, but, you know, that's to be expected. So let's get started. As always, let's start with the founder's quote for today. This is Benjamin Franklin. I am for doing good to the poor, but I differ in opinion about the means. I think the best way of doing good to the poor is not making them easy in poverty, but leading or driving them out of it. Oh, isn't that true? And with this Inflation Reduction Act, (laughs) it's unbelievable. That name just cracks me up every time I hear it. And all the little goodies they have in there to try and buy votes in advance of the midterms. This is very apropos because all that nonsense that they have fed you about People not getting taxed if you make under 400000 is exactly that. And this is just the beginnings, folks, as you'll find out from the history of taxation in the United States. I have another founder's quote for you. It's actually the mentor of the founders. And I think it's very apropos based on the raid at Mar-a-Lago, all the things they're doing to try and stifle conservative voices by scaring conservatives. You know, if you get out of line, this is what's going to happen to you. And this is Thomas Paine, the mentor of the founders. The slavery of fear has made men afraid to think. Wow, think about that quote for just a moment. And now let's get started with the history of taxation in the United States. First of all, kind of a brief thumbnail sketch of back to the beginning. You know, from 1865 to about 1773, the British tried all sorts of goodies. Uh, You know, they tried excise taxes and tea taxes and paper taxes. Did you know that? They taxed all the paper. That was to try and cut down on the number of pamphlets like Thomas Paine's and other newspapers which were inciting rebellion against the crown. And, of course, the Americans, the colonials at that time, uh, said, no way, Jose. 
no taxation without representation. That phrase, by the way, came out of the fact that the colonials, even though they were asked to pay all these taxes, had no representation and could elect no members to parliament to represent them. And that's where that all came down. And, you know, in the end, the British... It was called the Townshend Act. That's where most of the taxes were lodged. But after the Boston Tea Party, where they threw all the East India Tea into the harbor, and the Boston Massacre in 1773, where five colonials were killed by British troops, the British Crown rescinded the Townshend Act. But, of course, the fires of revolution had been lit, and off we went. And good for us. Let's start with the founding of the country. In 1787, the U.S. Constitution was ratified. I've brought you that story. Congress in the Constitution, quote, gains the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises. In other words, they had the right to tax, and it's in the Constitution. Now, there's a lot of discussion about how far that extends, whether the income tax is legal and all that kind of stuff. We're not going there today. I'm just giving you the facts, Jack. And at that time, the government, there was no income tax, so to speak. The government primarily earned its revenue from excise taxes and tariffs, and an importation tax, believe it or not, on slaves. Hmm, interesting. 1791 to 1794, that was the Whiskey Rebellion. So Alexander Hamilton, he was the nation's first secretary of the treasury. He implements a whiskey excise tax. And in 1794, whiskey rebels destroy a tax inspector's home, and President George Washington sends in troops, quells the rebellion. In 1862, we had the nation's first income tax. That's right, the Civil War. It's amazing as we go through this historical story how you'll see how wars kind of propel the imposition of taxes. Amazing, yes. So Lincoln basically legislates the nation's first income tax. Now, listen to these levels. This is in 1862 dollars. If you earned 600 to $10,000, your tax rate was 3%. That, by the way, is 15,000 to 250,000 in 2019 dollars. Gee, the dollar's doing well, isn't it? If you earned 10,000 or more in 1862, you were taxed at 5%. That's equivalent to 250,000 in 2019 dollars. 1913, this was the biggie. This was the 16th Amendment to the United States Constitution. This is right before World War I, and of course everybody saw that coming. And the 16th Amendment is ratified by Congress, and it allows for taxation without allocation according to state populations. Very important point. And an income tax is permanently introduced for both individuals and corporations. And the first form, federal form 1040, is created. Kind of interesting, isn't it? The income tax at that time, the first real, should we say, constitutional, I put that in quotes, income tax levels were $3,000, that's 1913 dollars, you were taxed at 1%. That would be 77000 in 2019 dollars. If you made 500000 or more, you would be taxed at 7%. That's $12,800,000 in 2019 income levels. And then in 1918, the Revenue Act. And this is, we're in the middle of World War I. We're spending all sorts of money. We're giving out all sorts of stuff to allies. And in 1913, only 1% of the population qualified to pay income tax. That changed rather dramatically with the war. Everybody was making more money, you know. And in 1918, tax rates skyrocketed. In fact, the top tax rate became 77%. Let me repeat that. 77%. Then in 1935, FDR, the Social Security Act, 
And supposedly that was instituted because of the Great Depression, etc., etc. However, as we all know in retrospect, this was really using tax dollars to buy votes. And the Social Security Act introduced an old age kind of pension program that many of you enjoy, unemployment insurance, and funding for health and welfare programs. This is where the beast was born that we now bear, folks. To fund these programs, a 2% tax is shared equally by an employee and their employer. Now, obviously, that 2% has risen rather dramatically over the last 10 or 20 years. In 1942, the Revenue Act, which was described by President Roosevelt as the, quote, greatest tax bill in American history, unquote. Well, obviously, he had no way to foretell the future and all the other greatest tax acts that followed this all the way up to now. And the act in 1942 increased taxes and the numbers of citizens that were subject to income tax. So total personal and corporate income tax more than doubles. Yes, good going there, FDR. So in 1941 and 1942, the government brought in $3.4 billion and then $8.0 billion in revenues from this new kind of across-the-board income tax. The 2019 dollar equivalent would be 1941, $59.2 billion, and 1942, $123.8 billion. And once again, it's a great lesson in how the dollar's been doing over these years, huh? 1943, the current Tax Payment Act, and this is when it became mandatory for employers to, wo- to withhold taxes from employees' wages and to begin to remit them instead of annually four times per year each quarter. In 1961, kind of the beginnings of the computer age, the National Computer Center at Martinsburg, West Virginia. Gee, isn't that our buddy, our Senator Manchin, who capitulated and went with Schumer on the Inflation Reduction Act? Isn't that where he's from? I think so. Anyway, it's formally dedicated, that facility, to assisting the IRS in its shift to computer data processing. And as we all know, that just works like a charm. 1986, the Tax Reform Act. This is Ronald Reagan. This was a big deal. It was followed by probably the greatest boom in American economic history. It lowered the top individual tax rate from then 50%. That's right, it was 50% from World War II to 1986 to 28%. It increased taxes on capital gains from 20% to 28%. And it reduced corporate tax breaks. In 2001, the Economic Growth and Tax Relief Reconciliation Act. This is George Bush. He creates a new lowest individual tax rate of 10%. He reduces the top individual tax rate from 39.6% to 35%. And he doubles the child tax credit, think about 2 million people coming over the border, folks, from $500 to $1,000 per child. And by the way, that's about $1,400, that 1000 in 2019 dollars. And remember, folks, that's just 18 years previous. In 2017, this is Trump, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So this was a complicated act. In a way, it kind of simplified the system. It cut tax rates for people. But on the other hand, it made some deductions more restrictive. In other words, you could take less of them. For instance, state and local taxes, which are called SALT, S-A-L-T, the deductions were capped, as many of you know around the country, at $10,000. So that kind of dinged residents in high-tax states, New York, New Jersey, California, Connecticut, and increased their federal tax bill because they couldn't write off the huge property taxes that those blue states were desperately sucking from their property to finance their nonsense in their governments. So that's kind of a real quick 
overview. And then, of course, we have now the Inflation Reduction Act, which levels, despite promises to the contrary, $20 billion and change in new taxes on all of us through taxes on natural gas, taxes on oil production, and several other items which we say, shall we say, are hidden, you know. And there's $750 billion that they expect to raise from corporations in other types of taxes through this Inflation Reduction Act, all of which, every penny of that $750 billion, folks, is going to get added to the prices you pay for anything and everything everywhere. But, you know, it's an Inflation Reduction Act, folks. Just want you to know that. So let me tell you the rest of the tax story. Number one, what you saw passed in the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, once again, I'll just say, the smoke and BS is just unbelievable. It's just the tip of the iceberg. It is just the very, very, very tip, the tiny little portion of the edge of the spear, the tip of the spear, that the Democrats want to plunge into your finances and your income. There are actually progressive Democrats that say there should be a 100% tax on certain types of earnings. I'm not making that up. And you know, the one thing you can count on is that taxes, depending upon who gets elected, let me underline that, depending upon who gets elected, are probably not going to go down. They're going to go up. You know, the United States has 123.5, actually 124 trillion negative net worth right now. That's a problem. It has a trillion, give or take, budget deficit every year. That's a problem. It has $30 trillion in primary national debt. That's a huge problem, particularly in the age of rising interest rates, since our interest expense is eating up ever more and more of our annual operating budget. In this type of scenario, if you couple it with the fact that politicians have learned that using tax dollars from everyone can buy votes from a certain constituency of victims they have created, you know, with their friends in the media, none of this portends lower taxes for America. None of it. And in addition, you now have 2 million folks coming across the southern border, all of whom are being supported in some way, shape, or form, from cell phones to health care to you name it, transportation, resettlement, la di da da Guess who's paying for that? Oh, that's right, the American taxpayer. And you know, at a certain point, folks, even the morons in government realize that the hole they are digging is ever deeper, ever wider, and being dug ever more faster. And of course, their natural pro- proclivity because they care so much about us, is to come to us for more money. It's interesting to note, as part of the rest of the story, that one of the biggest jumps in the first 100 years of this country's history, 120 years, excuse me, of this country's history, was during the Depression, right? You're down and out, you got dust bowls, you got people starving, you got bread lines. So let's raise income taxes on everybody. Let's raise those rates. (laughs) Think about that. It's just mind-boggling. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and MyPillow. During these times, your support has meant everything to us. So my employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly on to you. We're selling the best products ever for the best prices ever. For example, We have my towels with proprietary technology, which makes them soft and absorbent. Towels that work, what a concept. They're made with USA cotton and come in a variety of awesome colors. My six-piece towel set is regularly $109.99, now just $39.99 with your promo code. Support Mike. Support America. 
Get great stuff. Use the promo code RIGHTSIDE, R-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E, RIGHTSIDE, or call 800-892-1083, RIGHTSIDE. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers and the Annuity Rate Report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-914-1358. 800-914-1358. That's 800-914-1358. Hey, listeners. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal, your host of On the Right Side Radio, and I have a message for you. Do you want a business? Sell a product? Provide a service? Have a message you want to get out? Do you believe in freedom, the Constitution, and America? Here's your opportunity to reach 69 million sets of ears in scores of markets around the country, including five of the top 10 and 15 of the top 50 markets in the United States of America. Very affordable, very flexible, 30 and 60 second packages available. Give your business a boost and help America get the truth. Call Francis at Media Airtime at 602-300-8250, 602-300-8250, or write Francis at MediaAirtime.com. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-S at MediaAirtime.com. Thank you. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Welcome back. Are you buckled up? Here we go. I'm going to interrupt this regularly scheduled broadcast for a flash bulletin. And that flash bulletin, we'll get to fourth industrial next week, is the Trump raid. I told you last week, just in a few snippets, that I'm, I don't get on the high horse and beat all the drums when a story like this breaks. I kind of wait for the dust to settle because... More good and verifiable stuff always comes out. Let me share a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff on the Trump raid. Number one, uh, Jean-Pierre, you know, the uh, the press secretary for President Cadaver, she professed to not have any idea about the raid. You know, what raid? Pelosi, she slurred something about not having any information about the warrant. And President Cadaver's White House, gee, we didn't know anything about it. I mean, they happened to be cheering in the West Wing when the news came down. But, you know, uh, just a coincidence. There was so much outrage that even some of the rhinos, like Mitch McConnell, who in the beginning had nothing to say, he got the message when the uproar really started to, uh, to gain traction. You know, his new quote, by the way, is, The country deserves a thorough and immediate explanation of what led to the events of Monday. Okay, Mitch. Politico ran an article, and the headline was, After the Search, GOP Tortures FBI, Hugs Trump. You know, that's really what happened. Either this was the greatest 
mistake in political <laughs> forecasting that was ever made by a bureaucracy and government in power. Or it was diabolically clever and they're trying to accomplish something else. I, I'm not really sure which side of the fence I fall on right now. I mean, it was incredibly stupid. There's other analysts. Let me give you a quote. Rich Lowry, the editor of the conservative National Review, quote, if they raided his home just to find classified documents he took from the White House, he will be reelected president in 2024, hands down. It will prove to be the greatest law enforcement mistake in history. Even the uh, liberal, <laughs> ultra-liberal, Washington Post, WAPO, they ran a frustrated piece. It was headlined, The GOP's Inauspicious Knee-Jerk Reaction to the Trump Raid. <laughs> That's kind of saying, uh-oh, we poked the bear too hard. And what's coming out is that Elias, you know, the uh, Mark Elias uh, of Hillary Clinton, Russian dossier, uh, Perkins Coie, FBI collusion, etc. fame, he suddenly came up with a statute which provides that mishandling classified documents disqualifies any person so convicted of holding any office in the land. Uh, never mind the fact that's not constitutional. And when this all came up with Hillary Clinton, remember that stuff, all the lefties were jumping up and down saying not constitutional, not constitutional. It might give you a little thinking into what motivated this incredible faux pas. There was another analyst, also in the National Review, quote, whether this is a matter that merits a search warrant, the DOJ knows this decision will be harshly scrutinized, going down this path only for its destination to be a minor finding. Ending in a slap on the wrist isn't worth the blowback it'll get from 40 to 45% of the country, unquote. Now let me tell you kind of the mini rest of the story on this. So the press, you know, the mainstream media, the lapdogs of the Democratic Party and Red China, they've now taken the word raid out of all their articles. Hmm, gee, I wonder if there was any collusion involved in this. So they say, in fact, MSNBC's Frank Figluzzi, they say that the FBI agents don't like the term raid. So moments later, MSNBC and all the other media, gee, coincidence, they lowered their rhetoric, shall we say, from the word raid to, quote, executes search warrant, unquote. <laughs> you know, there is nothing quite like that kind of stuff to tell you that uh, something is really wrong and they're really worried. By the way, the definition of raid in the dictionary is a sudden invasion by officers of the law or a surprise visit by police to arrest unsuspected people or seize illicit goods. Hmm, maybe that's why they don't like the word raid. Let's talk a little bit about the judge that signed off on this affidavit and warrant. And the warrant is now mostly public. The affidavit, which is the backing for the warrant, is what the DOJ submitted to get the warrant. DOJ is fighting like hell to not have the public see the affidavit. This is now back in the lap of the judge who okayed this kind of cockamamie scheme to begin with. Let me tell you about this judge. His name is Bruce E. Reinhardt. He is a Florida magistrate judge. Reinhardt donated to President Obama's campaign he made a small donation to Trump's primary opponent, Jeb Bush, in 2016. And in 2017, rather amazingly for a judge, he posted anti-Trump comments and a bunch of woke content on his Facebook page. Probably Judge Reinhardt should have recused himself from this whole search warrant brouhaha before it began. Two months prior to issuing the search warrant, by the way, Reinhardt did recuse himself from Trump's lawsuit against Hillary Clinton. 
which had been filed in the same district earlier this year. Reinhardt was a government prosecutor. He resigned on January 1, 2008. And the very next day, January 2, 2008, he switched sides in the case that he had been handling as a prosecutor and started representing several of Jeffrey Epstein's lieutenants and co-conspirators. In fact, two of Epstein's victims, the people that were harmed by Epstein and these other people, later sued Reinhardt. They accused him of violating Justice Department policies by switching sides in the middle of an investigation. And they suggested that he had spilled inside information about the probe to Epstein and his cohorts, which was exactly why the pedophile and his clan hired him to represent co-defendants to Epstein. In fact, in a 2013 court filing, Reinhardt's former colleagues at the U.S. Attorney's Office testified that Reinhardt had, I quote, in fact learned confidential, non-public information about the Epstein matter, unquote, while he was employed at the U.S. Attorney's Office. Reinhardt denied it. The civil case against him was ultimately dismissed by the Justice Department. Oh, gee, what a surprise. And uh, the wheels of government spun on, shall we say. By the way, in that 2008 Epstein case, Reinhardt represented Epstein's pilots, his scheduler, Sarah Kellen, who arranged his three-time-a-day massages, which, according to many, many people, always resulted in a rape of the masseuse, and also reported, or, or should we say, defended Nadia Marcinkonova, hopefully I pronounced that right, who Epstein himself reportedly described as a Yugoslavian sex slave. But in legal documents, she was really Epstein's collaborator, a co-conspirator, and a procurer of victims. There's a very interesting video of Reinhardt trying to explain all this and the affidavit thing and the warrant thing on the website right under the audio bar. It's worth watching. You can make your own determination. And now let's get into rat-a-tat-tat. Speaking of taxes, Freddie Mac. Oh, who is that supported by? That's right, taxpayer money. They've come up with a new program. So your rent payments, I told you a little bit about this, but they've expanded it. They can now qualify those who have insufficient credit for a home loan. Perfect with home prices at the highest level in history and interest rates rising. What could go wrong for us taxpayers? Kind of ties into the historical story, doesn't it? Then we have a little gun control story. So, you know, the Democrats are after the manufacturers. They want to remove their immunity from lawsuits because, you know, in the eyes of uh, Marxist Democrats, guns create crimes, right? Guns commit crimes, not people. People are okay. Uh, You let them out with uh, no bail and you give them reduced sentences and you don't follow the three strikes you're out rule. But it's the guns that do it, folks. Well, the CEO of Smith & Wesson, America's largest, very successful gun manufacturer. His name is Mark Smith. Let me give you a quote from a recent letter and speech that he made, and good for him. Quote, a Smith & Wesson firearm has never broken into a home. A Smith & Wesson firearm has never assaulted a woman out for a late night run in the city. A Smith & Wesson firearm has never carjacked an unsuspecting driver stopped at a traffic light. Instead, Smith & Wesson provides these citizens with the means to protect themselves and their families. Unquote. And he refused a subpoena to congressional committees, so they're all up in arms, no pun intended. And one of the House Oversight Committee members, in light of Smith & Wesson's refusal to comply voluntarily with the committee's inquiry, 
We are issuing a subpoena to obtain key information necessary to the investigation, including the revenue and profits Smith & Wesson is making from AR-15 style rifles, internal analysis and assessments related to the safety of its products and marketing practices, and internal communications involving the CEO and other top executives discussing recent mass shootings carried out with the company's weapons, unquote. Look, folks, basically what that paragraph tells you is that this oversight committee is explicitly admitting that it's grossly, grossly abusing its power and politically persecuting a massively successful private business just because they don't agree with them ideologically. But, you know, what else is new? Along those same lines, you know, firearms, firearms record purchases. In fact, the record was shattered for the first time in America. Over one million weapons sold to American citizens each and every month for the last 36 consecutive months. Gee, what does that coincide with? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Joe Biden. Mm. And 1.2 million weapons were sold in July. Hmm. Pretty amazing. Along the same lines, even the blue folks in the blue states are getting into the firearm craze. That's because the, you know, the government is doing such a great job, local, state, and federal, of protecting them from crimes and criminals. So, a RAND Corporation survey in 2020 found that only 14.7% of Massachusetts households owned a gun. Along with New Jersey, by the way, the lowest rate of firearms ownership in the whole country. Hmm. But that probably isn't true anymore. Because dealers in those states say business has been booming, like off the charts. Since 2020, 276,000 weapons sold in Massachusetts in 2020 to 21. In fact, there's one uh, gun seller. His name is Toby Leary of Cape Gunworks. He told this article that by 2019, sales had doubled from where they were in 2010. But in 2020, they tripled the 2019 record totals, and he called them banner landmark years, unquote. This might have something to do with the fact that in 2020, Boston's homicide rate leapt by 54%. It's come down a few points now. Aren't we all feeling safe? And also, kind of along the lines of the historical tax story, these 87,000 new IRS agents, if you think that these are the bespectacled Agents who sit behind a desk and pour through documents and paperwork? Well, guess again, folks. The requirements in the job posting by the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, requires a minimum 50-hour work week, and you have to be on call 24-7, which includes holidays and weekends. And this is the most interesting. IRS agents who are applying are to be willing to carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary, unquote. Now, why would an IRS agent need a firearm? Are you going to get shot now if you don't give them money? Hmm, interesting. My personal opinion is this has to do, this is tied lockstep with gun control. Remember back when, 2008-2010, Obama said that we need a civilian army, a civilian police force as big as the military? Well, I think you're seeing this given who's really running the White House, Obama and Susan Rice, coming to fruition. And I think that these agents are meant to carry guns and be willing to use deadly force because they will be the enforcers of gun confiscation if the Democrats ever get their wish list of bills passed. Now, I don't know what 87,000 IRS agents are going to do against 100 million armed Americans who are kind of mad as hornets about a bunch of things right now, but it'll be interesting. 
And then we come to Iran. Ah, yes. Cadaver's other futile attempts at international whatever. And, of course, goes back to the Obama days. Iran is so scared of Cadaver that they're now making threats against New York City. I'm not kidding you. You folks in New York listening to me, <laughs> I'm not making this up. Okay. Basically, Iran recently announced it had the capabilities to create an atomic warhead, and it cut off all the United Nations inspections, so its activities are not being monitored any longer. The Jerusalem Post reported on July 31st that the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the RRGC, threatened nuclear war. It posted on its social media that if the U.S. or Israel made any, quote, stupid mistakes, unquote, probably alluding to an Israeli attack, it would turn New York City into, quote, hellish ruins. (laughs) Their image, by the way, on the tweet shows ballistic missiles with a nuclear hazardous warning sign on them. Hmm, whatever could they mean? Then we have the United States Army. You know, the woke military that can't recruit anybody right now and is firing all its conservative-leaning soldiers. Terrific. I mean, the world is so stable. Why wouldn't we do this? And when we come back, more rat-a-tat-tat and a little biz I want to tell you about. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bones. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them, and it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-378-3719. That's 800-378-3719. Threads West, an American saga. The epic saga of us is our American story set in the West. Beginning in May of 1854, Threads West is the tale of the weave of the American tapestry, the story of Americans, Europeans, Oglala Sioux, and Ute Indian families, a Spanish vaquero, and an elderly black couple. This number one national Amazon Barnes & Noble best-selling epic saga is the winner of 37 National Literary Awards. Eve Paludin, two-time number one national best-selling Writer's Digest author, praises, Long ago, I fell madly in love with Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry. Threads West has now surpassed my love of McMurtry's Western saga, packed with adventure, romance, history, conflict, and emotion. A real feel of how the West was won by men and women. Five stars is not enough. Alexandra Brown of Romantic Shorts glows. Reed Lance Rosenthal has outdone himself. Rosenthal's people just blew me away. They are as real, if not more so, as most of the people I have ever met. Get it now. Amazon.com, Kindle, Nook, Audible, Barnes & Noble, or from the publisher, ThreadsWestSeries.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. 
Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-611-7121. That's 800-611-7121. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. I support this show, and I would like to offer you our biggest discounts for listening. So please go to our website, MyPillow.com, and put in the promo code at the end of this message to get the biggest discounts. Again, thanks for listening, and God bless. Use the promo code RIGHTSIDE, R-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E, RIGHTSIDE, or call 800-892-1083, RIGHTSIDE. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Thanks for listening. We're going to get right back to Rat-a-tat-tat. But first, thanks to the Wyoming State Fair, I was down there for a day signing some books, all my great fellow Wyomingites. And we have two great publisher assistants down there right now. Lots of signed books. Get down there and grab some. And thanks to Western Idaho and Boise, where I happen to be right now and where I will be signing starting Friday I believe it's the 19th, and all week. So come on down, all you readers, all you new readers, all you wannabe readers would love to meet you. And now, folks, way more importantly, let's get back to mind-boggling rat-a-tat-tat. There's a major, he's a doctor by the name of Samuel Sigaloff, and he is stationed at Fort Huachuca, excuse me, I probably mispronounced it, Arizona. He's been banned from seeing patients by his commanding officer, Lieutenant Colonel Marie Carmona. And she claims that Sigaloff is guilty of unprofessionalism and spreading misinformation to patients and writing exemption letters that falsely called vaccines genetic therapy. Hmm, that's exactly what, that's what their own clinical trials call them. But, you know, who cares about these little points? Particularly when you have Secretary Austin as sec of dense, you know. And he's accused of telling soldiers to not take the vaccine because it would alter their DNA. To make things even worse, he's been trying to resign from the Army because that will keep his veterans' benefits. But the Army is not letting him resign. Instead, they're trying to dishonorably discharge him so he doesn't get paid for his 20-plus years of service helping thousands of soldiers. I mean, it gives you... uh, I wonder why their recruitment is so low. Hmm, I wonder. Joe Biden... You know, China Joe. Well, his State Department is hiring a new legal advisor. So, (laughs) China's threatening military action. You know, House Speaker visited Taiwan. Other congressmen visited Taiwan. Everybody's pissed off. Taiwan's getting blockaded, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I brought you those stories. But according to the Washington Free Beacon, the State Department is now going to employ Jessica Lee. She's a Chinese-American activist at the George Soros-funded Quincy Institute. Gee, what could go wrong here? And (laughs) she's been a constant critic of the U.S. government's policy toward China because it's hostile and it makes war more likely. And she released a video last year. I think it'll be up on the website under the audio bar for you on the rightsideradio.com. And the video accuses the Biden administration, who owes, of course, their entire net worth to China, of, quote, over-the-top rhetoric and China bashing, unquote. Lee, by the way, who's Chinese-American, has also claimed that U.S. foreign policy is promoting discrimination and violence against Asian-Americans. And she thinks the administration should cooperate with North Korea's dictatorship. And she has said that the North Korean illegal nuclear weapons program, quote, makes sense, unquote. 
So, I mean, what could go wrong here, folks? Then we have CBS News. Oh, yes, mainstream media. It censors its own reports. Now, not only do they censor you and me and everybody else, but now they censor themselves. So, you know, every once in a while, there's a crack of honesty in the mainstream media. And they actually objectively report facts surrounding some situation. On August 5th, the network posted a tweet, quote, arming Ukraine, a paltry 30% of the billions of dollars of military aid sent by the U.S. manages to reach its final destination, unquote. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, the firebrand Republican Congress lady, tweeted, gee, this is great to see, blah, blah, blah. And immediately, immediately the tweet was taken down. The whole story was taken down. And the executives of the network promised to re-air the documentary at an unspecified date once it was modified to conform with new data that was coming from the government. Hmm, I wonder who got to them. So then we come back to Manchin and taxes. Gee, what a recurring theme in this show. And Chuck Schumer, you know, shaking hands and buddy-buddy, getting the Inflation Reduction Act, gag me, passed. But the president's favorite economist, which is Moody's Analytics Chief, Mark Zandi, Z-A-N-D-I, his report says just the opposite of what they're claiming. In fact, Zandi says... This will only cut inflation, I brought you these figures last week, by 0.33% by 2031. That's one-third of 1% by 2031, folks. And Zandi goes on to say that Americans won't feel any impact from the legislation until the earliest of the third quarter of 2023, which would be a 0.01% decrease in inflation. In other words, you know, a penny, folks, a penny. On August 3rd, by the way, kind of backing Sandy up, the Congressional Budget Office, I mean, you know, who listens to them anymore unless they want to, they kind of repeated these warnings. It stated that 90% of the bill's influence on the deficit would come after 2026, which doesn't do much for this huge rise in hidden taxes in this bill and the prices of energy and consumer goods, does it? No. Zandi said that government revenues from corporations would likely increase $750 billion. And guess what, folks? The prices you pay for everything those corporations provide is going to increase by $750 billion. Hmm. I wonder how all that works, you know, in a, in a free market economy. I mean, who would have thought? And then we have the next document dump from Pfizer. Remember that they were trying to hide it for 75 years, you know, all their real clinical studies and trials. And each revelation, each month's document dump of 50 to 80,000 pages have held, why don't we say, perplexing and disgruntling revelations. So what we have here, folks, in this latest document dump just Oh, about a week ago. I'll give you one tweet by a doctor. This Pfizer data dump is just unbelievable. They completely lied to all of you. It wasn't safe and effective, especially to pregnant women, unquote. There's a video, which will be on the COVID page. I really urge you to see that COVID page on the rightsideradio.com. It is a terrific compendium of all sorts of expert and science and articles. Naomi Wolf, a doctor, she kind of goes into what's been going on with Pfizer here. And, you know, right after this document dump, Poland has canceled all its orders for vaccines. In fact, the EU is going in that direction too. And the African CDC, which is kind of the CDC for a bunch of African nations, has canceled its orders for vaccines. Not to mention that Hungary and several other European nations 
have now outlawed the vaccine for anybody under the age of 18. What could possibly be wrong with this safe and effective vaccine, quote-unquote, folks, this jab? Who knows? Moderna, by the way, is having similar problems. (laughs) In fact, it, it was Moderna that the African orders got canceled on. Gee, isn't that a shame? And then, of course, there's a complete mainstream media blackout here in the United States about the Dutch farmers and their rebellion against the government and against globalists and outrageous Green New Deal fuel and fertilizer prohibitions. They've been blocking virtually every major commercial artery in Denmark for over a month, and they continue to do so with their tractors. And now it's heated up. According to their spokesman, quote, we don't want war, but if we have to, dot, dot, dot. And by the way, the farmers are getting huge support from Danish locals. And the communists in the Danish government, remember folks, get out of your normalcy bias, are now insisting that the government seize the property. You know, think think Canada and the truckers. That the government seize the property and lands of any farmer that dares park a tractor in the middle of any Danish street. Hmm. Yes. In primary news around the United States, ah, poor Lizzie... You know, her shifty is in the whizzy. She got hammered. Even with, well, let me give you some figures. So roughly a couple hundred thousand Republicans voted in the primary, or there were a couple hundred thousand votes in the Republican primary, I might say. And only 1,700, give or take, voted in the Democratic primary. Gee, how many Democrats crossed over to try and help poor Lizzie win her primary against Hageman? But it didn't help because she still got her butt kicked by 35 points, given the votes that went to Republicans and the votes that went to her. I don't call her a Republican, of course. And there's a bunch of rhinos that have been thrown out of office in the primaries over the last week. Gibbs in Michigan, he won the Republican primary against Congressman Peter Major, 63 to 37%. Major was an anti-Trump rhino, by the way, kind of like uh, like Lizzie here in Wyoming. And then we have Paxlovid, you know, the other big pharma drug that's supposed to help you if you get COVID, even though you've had four shots and you weren't supposed to get COVID because it's all safe and effective, you know. And Paxlovid is this is this pill that they've come up with. You know, it seems that Dr. Fauci took it when he got COVID, and as soon as he took it, he got COVID a second time. Well, you know, that seems to be kind of the... That kind of seems to be the story because President Cadaver got COVID and he took Paxlovid and he got COVID again. In fact, he still has it. If you've watched him speak lately, he can barely get a word out because he's coughing, which his doctors call, by the way, a loose cough, even though there's no such medical term. And on the international front, you know, uh, Pelosi goes to Taiwan to show American support for Taiwan's independence. And you know what that prompted? That prompted the State Department, can't make this up, and the White House to publicly and explicitly announce that the U.S. does not support Taiwanese independence. <laughs> yeah, China Joe's at it again, folks. And, of course, we're, we're talking with a united voice here in the United States on the international front. I'm sure they respect us greatly. By the way, back to Pfizer and their document dump a week ago, it seems that Vayers is now reporting 45 post-COVID vaccine deaths in children. 60% of which had no comorbidities. And 1,892 other reports of serious adverse events in children who had no comorbidities. And corporate media, you know, the mainstream media, gee, what a surprise. They've been completely silent about this pediatric VARES report. Oh, 
you know, I mean, obviously, this is just not enough fear-mongering to get them excited. Never mind that previously in history, 25 to 50 deaths of any age group would be enough to take a quote-unquote vaccine off the market. And remember I was just talking about the European countries canceling orders and the African countries canceling orders? Well, you know, it seems that the agreement that was signed to purchase these vaccines, quote-unquote, these jabs, quote, this is from the documents, folks, the participating member state, the country that's buying the jabs, acknowledges that the long-term effects and efficacy of the vaccine are not currently known and that there may be adverse effects of the vaccine that are not currently known. Oh, I guess they're getting known, so now they're canceling their orders. And then it goes on to say, further, to the extent applicable, the participating member state acknowledges that the vaccine shall not be serialized. In other words, they're not serializing the various lots of the vaccine because, you know, that might lead you to find out what was a bad lot, what was a placebo, and what was a killer jab. Hmm, what could they possibly have in mind? What could possibly be their motive here? Oh, and then Governor Newsom, how gruesome Newsom out there in California, he has declared a statewide health emergency over monkeypox. Monkeypox! It's going to get you, folks. If you didn't get COVID, the monkeypox will get you, particularly if you go to, according to California, sex parties. (laughs) Oh, my God. By the way, this state of emergency, remember that California has, you know, roughly 35 million residents, but who knows how many illegal residents. There's only been 800 cases in the entire state with not a single death, but it's this is a health emergency for 35 million folks. And the state wants $38.5 million for just the first 90 days to combat this, oh, this looming medical emergency, which by the way comes out to $48,000 $125 for each case of monkeypox over the first three months. <laughs> Can we talk taxes here? Does any of this kind of, you know, get you thinking a little bit? By the way, there's three states that have declared monkeypox, monkeypox emergencies. Guess who they are? California, New York, and Illinois. Ah, what a big surprise. Let's see, what do they have in common? Oh, yeah. Blue, 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 blue. And you know, we're out of time. We're always out of time. Time is never enough. So I'm going to close. I'm going to bring you the fourth industrial revolution next week, along with another, the rat-a-tat-tat I didn't even finish this week, and what's ever going to blow up over the next week. And I want you to repeat, looking in the mirror and with your family and with conviction, I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Folks, thanks for listening. Keep the wind at your back. We'll talk to you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. 
That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-378-3719-800-378-3719-800-378-3719. That's 800-378-3719. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-611-7121. 800-611-7121. 800-611-7121. That's 800-611-7121. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. 800-601-6995. That's 800-601-6995. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800 800-304-5791. 800-304-5791. That's 800-304-5791. 